Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. I love that there's always this moment of silence while I'm getting <laughs> all the buttons pushed. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today. It is awesome to have you back with me here this week, my favorite, favorite time of the week, and I am thinking about adding a second show in because the response has been just amazing from all of you. And don't forget, when we give free freebies away on the show, don't forget to post so you can win your freebie that uh, my guests may be giving away or I may be giving away because you just never know. Loving having you all here with me each week on this new format, Zoom to Facebook Live. And I appreciate everybody finding it, sharing it. And even if you're listening on the podcast portion of this where you may not be listening, watching the video, may just be listening. Love all of you new subscribers and those who have taken the time to rate and review the podcast on all the podcast platforms where we were, uh, the show was 300th in the United States for entrepreneurship of all the podcasts that were out there the other day. We've gone as high as the top 100. Um, we've been number two at different points all over the place, but currently we're around the 300 mark and that's due to you all the great fans so thank you thank you thank you and you see this lovely amazing brilliant woman on the other side of the screen with me and that is the one the only patty Grimm, who is a fellow woman in tech uh, a woman that has some of the best thinking I've seen in a really, really long time. And I know you've heard me say that about a lot of my other guests, but Patty just really thinks so differently. And Patty, hold up a copy of your book. Okay. I wrote this book a couple of years ago, Quiet Women Never Changed History. Be strong, stand up and stand out and let's go kick some glass. And I love the book. And the reason I had to ask Patty to hold the book up was I loaned my copy to somebody who never gave it back to me. I hate that. And then I had gotten another copy of it and I loaned that one out. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have to go get another copy of her book because it's just really wonderful. And uh, we're going to talk today with Patty about a lot of different topics, but, but Patty, you're You've been living, breathing this whole idea and writing about resiliency, agility, grit, and this whole idea of women kicking glass. And I think in times of what we're going through right now, that topic is even more important because so many of us, our lives have been thrown into disarray. And... <clears throat> I said to a friend today, because I've got some mold upstairs in my office, so I'm still in my kitchen. I used to be so resilient. I, I could just, it seemed like I could just go from whatever hits me to the next thing and not worry. And I said, I just don't have it anymore. I, I just feel like I'm not bouncing back the same way I used to. And she said, well, Laura, oh my God, you've had so much hit you in such a constant period of time at some point your brain and your body just go I'm done so yep. what do you say to that I mean how do you deal with that you know we've all we, we know we've talked 
at length about many things and we've both had our career ups and our highs and our lows and our peaks and our valleys. And we've always had that ability to navigate life's twists and turns and the ability to bounce back from setbacks. And probably the hardest time for me was real, literally, I've, I'd been at Microsoft for over 14 years. I was just hitting my 15th year uh, and I went from being rock star to literally hitting rock bottom. And I mean rock bottom to a point where I was put on the executive potential program. I was on the fast track to success. I just returned back from the, uh, an international assignment in Singapore. I was now back in the US. Um, and believe it or not, the decision to leave Singapore and come back to the US was harder than the decision to leave the US and go live internationally. And I came back and, and literally something happened to me where I, I felt like I was falling down a cliff and I couldn't catch my fall. And I felt like I was trying to grab onto rocks and you know, twigs and things to stop my fall. And I simply couldn't stop myself. And when I really hit rock bottom, I mean, I was to a point where I'd gone from working every day at a job that I loved, traveling the world, doing all these amazing things to somebody who could barely get out of bed and who had to go into work every day and pretend and put on like that happy face. Right. There's a commercial for a, a medicine where the person is really sad, but they walk right. in and they put this happy face on the time. So yeah. I still had to be perky, persistent, passionate Patty at work, but I was exhausted mentally, physically, everything had fallen apart. And I literally was sitting in front of a doctor who told me that if I didn't take care of myself and take some time off, I literally would be dead in six months. And so that's quite the wake up call. And so I took the time to really practice a lot of self-discovery, finding my personal vision again, which I encourage every woman to write their personal leadership vision, which we can talk about in a minute as you, a way to pull You did a Sue talk on that. I did a whole Sue talk on that called Failing Forward with Vision, right? And Sue talk stands for super unstoppable, empowered women changing the world. So it's TED talk for women. It was called Failing Forward. You can find it on YouTube. But really, I had crashed and burned and I had to find myself again because I wasn't navigating life's twists and turns with resiliency. I wasn't bouncing back. And I took some time off and really did some deep dive self-discovery. I did some extreme self-care. And what I really realized happened to me is I stopped living my vision for myself and the kind of person and what I wanted to do with my life. And I was living everybody else's vision of me. Wow. Right? I was, I was, I was like a puppet, you know, responding to Patty, go left, Patty, go right, do this, do that. And I lost sense of family, I lost sense of God. I lost sense of my vision, my purpose in life. And I really realized it when I had to rediscover that, that vision again of who I wanted to be and the kind of, I guess, legacy I wanted to leave on the world. Well, listening to you talk about that story and you, you've shared that with me before, but I don't know why, but today it, it seems even more impactful to me with the whole personal vision and reconnecting to yourself and, and that you had been doing everything for everybody else. Right now, what's happening for a lot of people working from home, especially women, and some people may say, oh, you know, it's no different, you know, both husband and wife are home, or maybe it's a single mom at home. And, and no, it's not an unfair no. burden. But we've the statistics have been showing that 
the burden especially is falling to women with kids at home, even in a husband, that their careers are starting to be impacted greatly because of it. And they're having to take care of everybody and all these expectations. How do you work through that when, you know, now you're, you can't just maybe take six months off or three months off or, you know, the eat, pray, love. Not everybody can do that. Yeah. And so I think what you need to think about is that by taking, you can't give away what you don't own. So if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your, your children, your significant others, the people on your team, if you're a manager, if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of them because you can't give away what you don't own. And so I would highly recommend that people do take some time and also set some boundaries, right? I mean, literally sit down and have family meeting and talk about, you know, I need some, you know, we need to work out something. This isn't working for all of us because when I'm stressed out, everybody else is stressed out too. So we need to set some boundaries about how we're going to do, how we're going to work through this. And then it does get back to your book about, you know, what would, you know, what would a wise woman do and starting to ask yourself questions. What's most important to me in my life? What is that personal vision? My personal vision and the way I'm doing uh, and why I do what I do in the women's empowerment work I'm doing on, my personal vision is to make a difference and empower women and girls be the best they can be in any endeavor they choose. And having that ability to look at things, the one thing that um, Dr. Susan David, if you haven't seen her work, she's got a book out called Emotional Agility. She has an amazing TED talk on emotional agility. She says, it, it's about resiliency and bouncing back and asking yourself those questions. What's important to me in my life? What do I value about myself? What could I be doing differently to get a different result? Uh, it kind of goes back to our joint friend, Deb Lewis and her after action reviews, right? When things happen. Oh gosh, love Deb. I know Deb. I talked to her a couple of weeks ago. We just had a blast catching up. Uh, and she was really a pretty, she was in my, I think you connected me with her and she's one I of did. the interviews in my book as well as you and many others. Uh, and Deb always had this after action review. She was uh, in the first class of women to graduate from West Point. They just celebrated their 40th anniversary. And of course she went on to have a 30, 40 year career in the military, including commanding troops overseas and places right. you'd never Colonel really go. Deb Hired. You know, Colonel Deb Lewis. Uh, and so she always had this after action review. When something happens, ask yourself, what happened? Why did it happen? What, what did I learn from it? And what would I do differently to achieve a different result? So if something's not working, what could I be doing differently to achieve a different result so that I can, you know, navigate those twists and turns? And part of Susan's David's work on emotional agility really goes into looking at the world with wide eyes wide open and looking at the twists and turns that come your way with clear sightedness and an open mind and not trying to make everything perfect and pretty and that it's all happy and you know uh, unicorns and flowers all the time when things are bad just admit things are bad and get angry about it for a little while and maybe get frustrated and then ask yourself, what could I be doing to get a different result? That whole idea of perfectionism oh. is an interesting <laughs> one to me. And, and here's, here's why. 
before working from home, people went to an office, they got dressed up, and they sort of put on their business face. Their life hopefully stayed home a little bit more than it did, except for maybe a child illness or things like that that might happen. But there was a definite more delineation between the two worlds. Now that everybody's been working from home and it's more than a week or two of it, because in the beginning, I know that people on the Zooms were still getting dressed up the hair was still okay. Women were still putting a lot of makeup on to do all the Zooms. And then as the months progressed, we're seeing people only get dressed from the oh, waist up. up. You know, we see the animals wandering <laughs> across the Zooms. We see women going, it's okay that I don't have my makeup on. I mean, look at the Good Morning America and Today's Show hosts when they had to do from home without makeup artists. You would right. think by this point in their careers, they knew how to apply makeup, right? You would just think that, but or do their hair. But it's hard for a human being to do it as well as a professional yeah. hairdresser or makeup person can do it. So I'm seeing that on some levels, perfectionism has dropped. And people are just trying to do what they can. At some point, where does that line of perfectionism, professionalism, authenticity blur? Yeah, I mean, that's a really, you always ask such amazing questions. That's a very interesting question because women tend to suffer from perfectionism much more than men. Um, whether it's dress or hair or being the perfect cook or the perfect wife, the perfect team player, the perfect boss. And it kind of goes back to how we were always raised to, you know, don't say anything unless you have something nice to say. And, oh, you know, you need to put on a dress and look nice and get out. I, I was a tomboy, so I was always climbing in trees and tearing my dresses. And my mom would get mad because I was always dirty because I was playing with all the boys. <laughs> My my mom just gave up and got rid of my the dresses. My mom finally and... gave up. She would never dress me in white. Yeah. <laughs> and very few colors of, of light shade colors. I think there's a balance between being authentic and genuine in who you are and having some level of professionalism. Without the perfectionism, perfectionism, when you look up the definition of perfectionism, I'm, I'm a freak about words. You're a freak about questions. I'm a freak about words. Oh, I, me too. I wanna, I wanna know what words mean, right? So when right. people used to talk about reacting all the time, I had to look up what react looked like and where it came from. And you can look up the chemistry experiment, but as humans, when we react in those situations, um, could be on a Zoom meeting, we go from our front part of our brain where we think to the back part of our brain where we truly become cavemen again or cave women again. Right. And we get in that fight flight mode. And we, in essence, when you react, you're acting without thinking, which means you engage your mouth without your brain. <laughs> that doesn't very often turn out well. You can't kick yeah. that, that thought bubble back when it's out hanging in the air. With perfectionism, it's really a personality trait uh, characterized by someone with extremely high standards beyond what anybody else could imagine about what being perfect looks like, combined with being overly self-critical and caring too much about what other people think. 
Okay. Now, I think, think that's about worth that saying one more time. So perfectionism critical. is a personality trait characterized by someone with extremely high standards in everything combined with being overly self-critical and caring too much about what other people think. Okay, that's, so, that's, that's very loaded. That's a very, very powerful definition and nobody can achieve it. So strive for excellence in, and play to your strengths. That's one of the other big things in my book. It's all about playing to your strengths because you're gonna be better and happier and more productive and less stressed when you're playing to your strengths because you can't be great in everything, right? I'm really crappy at details. I tell people when I do presentations or virtual events, I'll guarantee you, you will find at least one typo in these slides, even though I have proofed it a hundred times. I can't see that I use the word T-O instead of T-O-O, because -O, I just don't see the details. It's not my strength. I have somebody else proof my things now. But you play to those strengths and strive for excellence in the things you do well, and you let go of the perfectionism in other areas, and you have that sort of um, uh, self-critical self humor, self-effacing humor of saying, well, I'm just not good at that, or I'm not great at this, or but I hire people or I have people around me who have those things. So I think you need to be your authentic self. And when it comes to Zoom meetings, I still want you to turn on your camera and show up. Women, right. we've got to be more visible, more valuable, more vocal. I could scare you with some of the stats on where women are in the workplace in terms of wage equality and getting to pay parity and the fact that there's still 13 states that have not passed the Equal Rights Amendment, and Florida is one of them, my dear friend. Oh, They're yeah. We're, we're behind on a lot of things. From the 1970s, you know, guaranteeing women the right to equal pay. But yeah. I still want women to show up at these Zoom meetings with their camera on. Maybe you're only dressed from the waist up. Think about your camera background before you get on that Zoom meeting and take a look at what's behind you. And yeah, they're going to have the dogs or the kids or the gardeners going to come by. But try and be as professional and authentic. And so many people are like nowadays, why wear makeup when you've got to put a mask on your face all day? <laughs> well, and then it gets it all a real mask and it's, it's kind oh, of Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time very publicly, I realized that I wasn't perfect and that it was better not to be perfect was I was giving uh, a keynote on stage and I tripped and fell. <laughs> and I think we've all done that. I ended up flat on my back. I mean, I hit hard when I went down and it was one of those, ah, you know, as you're falling and you've got, you know, you're all mic'd up and everything. And I fell hard and I, I'm on my back and I'm laying there and the whole audience, and I, it had to be a thousand people in the room just went, <gasps> and then I'm laying there and I'm not moving at first because, you know, you're just trying to take stock. Yeah. Plus I was mortified. Very thankful I was wearing pants and not a skirt because <laughs> it would have ended up over my head, I am sure. And I'm laying there and I realized I better say something because you could see the, the event people you know, getting ready to run up to stage to check on me. And I went, wow, I never saw what that ceiling looked like before. 
You made a joke out of it. I made and a people, joke out of it. Pe- and people went, oh, she's okay. And, and, it, and in essence, it made you more human. It, I it did. A, and, and as yeah. I was laying there and I'm getting ready to get up, I go, you know, I'm kind of enjoying being down here. It's, it's much more relaxing. <laughs> you know, and I just kind of riffed for a little bit. And then I got up and I, can, I continued along. You know, I joked about it and I acknowledged it. And I said, you know, sometimes we all fall down in our lives. What matters is how you get up. Yep. And, yep. you know, I turned it into a lesson. And when I got off stage and I was, you know, you walk off stage and, and then people come around you and so many people said that it felt like the way I responded gave them permission to not always be totally together. Yeah. And that they yeah. didn't have to be ashamed by it. There's, there's actual, I, I heard a research study years ago and I don't remember where the research study came from, but they actually said that leaders are people that appear too perfect are not trusted because they're not seen as being authentic and genuine. Okay. Right. So all the work that's going on now about authentic leadership and heartfelt leadership and head, heart and guts leadership and all these things are all about being the real you and being authentic and genuine and, and, and helping people learn from that. Right. So the, the idea of it's not how, you know, it's not how hard, far, how far you fall it's how high you bounce back. It's how much, how you can persevere that, that kind of word we we're talking about earlier, like grit, right? That you have the perseverance to overcome obstacles that get in your path to success so that you can become the kind of person you want to be. And, and that can be in any field, in any endeavor that you choose. What do you recommend or what are the questions or process that you use that helps you define your personal vision and come up with ways of implementing it because i think that's so critical to what's going on for a lot of people right now and they're just feeling lost like i don't even know how to they're they're still on the ground yeah they don't know how to get themselves up or maybe they're in a sitting position but they're not quite ready to go to one knee to stand up yeah, and so actually, if, if people, and we can talk about this as we go um, towards the end of the interview, if people want to email me, I will send them for free a PDF guide of how to create your personal leadership vision, a pathway to do that, some background and history and things behind it. The thing I recommend people to do, and this is what pulled me out of that failing forward with vision, because when I failed, when I went from rock star to rock bottom, I wasn't failing forward with vision. I wasn't asking myself the right questions and I was trying to be that puppet for everyone else. Right. And so I had to refine my, re- refine my, uh, refined myself, not fine, refined myself. <laughs> uh, and I, I need to do that in a very special way. So here's what I recommend people do is that they, they take some time. They take some time and go to their favorite place. Mine is always around water. So I would go to, at the time I was living in Washington and we lived not far from Lake Washington. So I would take my favorite journal and a pen, my favorite pen, because we all have one. And I'd go and sit on, the sh- on a rock on the shores of Lake Washington by myself. You've got your favorite pen. And I go sit there and I, I literally close my eyes and I imagined in five years, I was sitting on my favorite TV show, which at that time was the Oprah show. 
Today, it would be maybe the Ellen show or some other show, Good Morning America, whatever show you, which happens to be your favorite show. Oh, well, it's or your favorite this podcast. show. Oh, you're, oh, this show. You're on your favorite <laughs> guest. I'm on my favorite show. And I imagine I'm on that show and I'm sitting on a couch with all my friends and family, my coworkers, my bosses, the people that I worked for, the people I worked with. And it's five years in the future. And they're talking about me as a leader. And I closed my eyes and I sat there and I imagined the words I was hearing people say, like she made a difference. She was impactful. She was passionate. She was smart. She made good decisions. And I just started coming up with all these words in my mind. And then I opened my eyes and I started to write out the words, passionate, made a difference, impacted people, uh, you know, compassionate, authentic, genuine, trustworthy, honest, integrity, all these words were coming to mind. And so I went back to that spot like a couple of days a week, just for, a, a, you know, like maybe a half hour. And I would find that list of words. And then I would take, ask people to take that list of words and pick your favorites and then create your vision statement that says, Laura is a compassionate leader who makes a difference in the world by sharing her message and help people ask better questions. Whatever the words that come to mind, she has integrity, she's smart, she's dedicated, whatever those words are. And then use that vision statement to make career and life decisions. So mine is to make a difference. My biggest part is to make a difference. I wanted to, right. from the time I was a little girl, wanted to make a difference in the world and I wanted to be a compassionate, caring leader that helped people find their full potential. And that you was are. kind of the, the early starts of my vision statement. And so when I was with Microsoft and my, we'd sent our son off to college and I was looking at two different international assignments, I could have gone to Germany and run the business excellence team in Central Eastern Europe. I'd be living in Munich, but I'd be working for Central Eastern Europe division okay. mostly. Or I could go to Asia and I'd be living in Singapore running the customer partner experience team. Both jobs were equal pay. Both jobs, I kind of liked the idea of the jobs and it fit okay. my strengths and everything about it seemed to be the right opportunity. Equal pay, equal job, pretty equal bosses because that's important to me who I work for. And the team I was going to be on was important to me. And the difference was why I chose Asia was Europe had a thousand people on the headquarters staff. That's servicing about 20 countries. Singapore had 125 people servicing 20 countries from as different as Sri Lanka or Cebu Philippines with two people to with Australia with a thousand, India with 2000, Japan okay. with a thousand. Where was I gonna have a chance to make a bigger difference? One of 120 something staff or one of a thousand? The decision was so clear. I literally called my husband from our big international sales conference we had in Orlando, Florida that year. <laughs> And he, he knew I was looking at these two assignments and I said, okay, so I've accepted one of the jobs. And he says, do I pack snowshoes or flip-flops? So was I going <laughs> to Germany and needed snowshoes or Singapore and needed flip-flops? I said, pack the flip-flops. We're going to Singapore for four years. And we did. And it was the best time of our life. Best decision I ever made. Uh, personally, professionally, everything about it. Was and you amazing. had a, you had a supportive husband too that yeah. included in the decision-making and then he said must have at some point said to you i'm on board whichever one you go you've narrowed it down to these two yeah 
I'm here for you, whatever. Not yeah. everybody has that. Yeah. And we, we had friends that literally told us we were crazy. I mean, one of the friends told my husband, why would you move to a foreign country like Singapore um, at your age? Or do they have flushing toilets? Do they speak English? Um, <laughs> Singapore is like this incredibly technologically advanced country. <laughs> Absolutely. The USB stick was invented in Singapore. Do you know how many things have been invented in Asia and Singapore? I know. We, yeah. So anyway, it's, 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 it, was, it was a great decision. And, you know, it was the first day I walked in that headquarters office, I had that, you know, did I do the right thing? Am I really qualified for this job? What if they don't like me? What if I fail? And I had a little bit of that perfectionism, imposter syndrome on my brain. And I tried to fit in for a while again in somebody else's mold. And then I realized, no, this isn't me. I need to be me. I need to be myself. I need to play to my strengths. I need to control my own destiny because I don't want to give that power to anybody else ever again. And so never give that power to somebody else and have that perseverance and that grit to overcome the obstacles in your life. What do you say to somebody who's listening either live on Facebook Live? And by the way, everybody, if you have a question to ask for Patty or for me about anything that's coming up during this, please, if you're listening on watching on Facebook Live or up on YouTube, please type your comments in and we will get to them after the show is over. And if you're listening on podcast, uh, we're going to be sharing contact information for Patty because she's got that great PDF she can send you. But Patty, for those listeners who are going, yeah, sure, that's really great. You, you had this supportive husband. You had these opportunities in front of you. I'm sitting here with three kids, uh, barely making it through. I can't go to a, I'd love to go to a beach somewhere or someplace that inspires me, but there's no way I can even imagine doing that even if the possibility is there, right? But in their mind, in their being, they're just feeling so trapped that they can't even make a choice for uh, what to have for lunch today because they're feeling so overwhelmed with everything. They believe they know what their vision is, but they can't even think about taking a position that lets them live that because they just need to put where's the next paycheck coming to put food on the table or there's somebody that's in a career right that's got them in a lifestyle that they need to have because they've got kids to put through school so like you're trapped either way right you've got the money you've got a career you don't have the money you don't have the career but you're still trapped what do you say to them you know it's there's you know, there's no silver bullet. There's no, you know, take a pill and lose 30 pounds in 30 days. There's, there's no magic pill or somebody that can give you, but I, but I know what I, I, I know what I would say. And there's a couple things. One is surround yourself with people that lift you up and find ways to limit those people who try and bring you down, limit them out of your life as much as you can. It could be a relative. It could be a family member, whatever it happens to be. Try to find ways to do those things because you will break. You, it, it, it will come out, right? It'll come out probably at the wrong time and you'll explode and say something to somebody like that, you know, think saying something without your brain and, and engaging in something. It is going to impact you both physically, mentally, 
emotionally, spiritually, if you don't take some time for yourself, even if it's five minutes or seven minutes. I always do have this thing about seven sevens. There's seven summits, there's seven sins, there's seven wonders of the world. Think, give yourself seven minutes to get outside or do something to get some energy. Find one thing you love doing. If you're in a job that you need to have that job, then is there something you could do from a volunteer perspective to bring joy into your life? Is there something you could do to get yourself that five to seven minutes just to get up and walk around or get up and walk out of the house to get some energy back and get in out in a, in a clearer frame of mind? There's research that actually shows if you keep working and working and working over and over again, your productivity, your effectiveness, your energy actually decreases because you're not taking some kind of a physical break. We were just up in uh, Oregon seeing my son and my, my daughter-in-law and he was working on his computer and doing some work and he started to have lunch sitting over his computer and I looked at him and said, stop, take five minutes away from your computer to eat. Don't sit there with eating, besides the fact you're wrecking your computer because there's food falling everywhere. Right. <laughs> but, and we both are very sensitive to technology. So it's like, you can't do that. <laughs> But take some time, you have to take time for yourself. You know, uh, you know, throw yourself a pity party if you need to, but you've got to pick yourself back up and, and find a way to regenerate something in your life that brings you joy. It might be gardening, it might be baking, right? At one point, I live in Palm Springs, California, which by the way, it's going to be down to 115 today. Oh, we're at 104. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and we're not human, so... You know, we, at one point in time when the COVID first hit, I started getting into baking bread, but, and I hadn't baked bread in my life, like ever. I started baking right. bread until they ran out of, there was no flour, there was no yeast, there was no sugar, there was no baking ingredients on any shelf in any store in the entire Coachella Valley. We went to eight stores and nobody had them because everybody was baking because baking was bringing them some kind of joy. They did something. They got up that morning and they made their bed. There's a really famous YouTube of a, a, a military colonel or a general. General. General that talks about, if nothing else, get up every day and make your bed so you accomplish something. Go take a walk for five minutes. As long as you're allowed out. <laughs> as long as you're allowed out. Well, hopefully you can at least go outside your door. Yeah. Um, I, I really feel sorry, especially when the COVID first hit was for people who lived, who were single people living in New York City in a studio apartment that was maybe four to 500 square feet at best with no balcony and no ability to get outside of their tiny apartment. You know, what, what, do, you, what do you do? You've got to read, find something that brings you joy. Binge watching's gotten huge, obviously, because right. people are binge watching, but how do you combine the agility to look at life's twists and turns and look at the good and bad and ugly, not try and put down the ugly too soon, recognize it, almost question it. What could I be doing differently to get a different result? Or if something's going well, what could I keep doing that's getting me satisfied in my life? I, I have a friend who learned how to sew during COVID and has has done that lots of people of course during this time period have been purging going through closets that have never been opened or or things like that i have a friend in melbourne australia who is back under lockdown right now several kids in the family and a husband and 
she can't figure out how to even grab five minutes a day for herself without intrusion. Like, look, just leave me alone in, in the bathroom for 10 minutes. And she's like, they find me. It's almost like the dog that always manages to get your yep. bathroom door open when you when you walk into there. And they're only allowed out of their house, I think it's once a day for an hour or something like that. Right. And that includes grocery shopping, doctor's appointments, and, and all of that. So resiliency and agility really begin to play. Yes. Greatly yes. into everything. And lack of it begins to show up even more in, as you it, said, some scary ways. So your, let's talk your, about your, that. Your body has a way of sending you messages when your mind won't listen, right? So when you keep saying, I'm okay, I'm okay, I can get through this, your body is going to eventually, you're going to start to feel some aches and pains you never felt before. You're going to start to, in some cases, self-medicate, whether it be with drugs or alcohol. I mean, depression is now one of the number one illnesses in the world. And I mean, every time I see a depression commercial, I'm like, okay, so... I'm depressed and I'm taking one medication, so I'm gonna take another medication. And, and I was there, when I hit rock bottom, the doctors were telling me I had anxiety, depression, and uh, adrenal gland failure. Um, I was literally, I lost, I was losing my hair, I gained 35 pounds, and I was doing all of those wrong things. And it did break me. And I had to find my way back out of it. I had to get back and say, I'm gonna get up every day. And even when I worked, uh, full-time at Microsoft or anywhere I worked, I would get up at four or five o'clock in the morning, usually four, about four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, just to get a workout in before the kids got up. And yeah, I would I'm, say, I'm not that person. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, whatever. Some people exercise different times of the day, but I had to get back to eat well, take care of yourself, invest in the free app of Headspace where you can meditate for three minutes and set boundaries. Just say to your significant other and children saying, if you guys don't give me time, mommy's going to break and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> You've got to be honest with people. Right? <laughs> Trust me, when, when it goes, I always tell people I have a very, very strong tolerance and I don't get angry very often, but when I do, it's like spontaneous combustion. It's big, it's fast, it's over and I'm done, right? No grudges, no nothing. It's just like... And I don't want to get to that space where I'm blowing up or blowing up at my children and saying the wrong things and then later regretting that reaction I had because my thinking brain has been so clouded that now I've got back to that reactionary fight flight brain and it's, it's not pretty. You said you needed to be honest with yourself. And I think that says so much because when I'm not as resilient, when I can't seem to bounce back, when I'm crying on the phone with the mold remediation guy, because my bathroom ceiling upstairs after the AC replacement got some mold and I'm crying. And, and I said, this is not who I am. And he goes, it's okay. It's You're okay. safe with me. I'm, I'm gonna, take care of you. And he said, you've been going through a lot. The whole world is. And I realized at that moment with what you just said, Patty, yeah. I wasn't being honest with myself. I was saying to myself that I needed to be strong. But if I had just said that I just need to collapse right now 
And as my friend, Dr. Joan Rosenberg, author of 90 Seconds to a Life You Love says, feel that emotion. And feel that. Pass yeah. through. I think my resiliency would be better because it's like, okay, I'm feeling how horrible I, I feel. The crying, the tension, the, oh no, one more thing. But if we can't be honest with ourselves, how can we be honest with other people on what our needs are? And if you want, so this is one of the things that I think Susan David even says in her YouTube video, you know, life is full of ups and downs. So if you kind of look at an EKG or a heart, you know, kind of the, the lifeline kind of goes up and down and you kind of have a, some calm moments and you've had some really good highs and some really good lows. That's called life. And part of life, you know, discomfort and feeling those uncomfortable things is sometimes the price of admission for living for life. If you want your life to be perfect and you want it to be just this long straight line, that's called flatlining. That means you have dead people's goals, right? That your goal is to have your life be perfect and calm all the time. There's no learning in that. It's, it, it, you, you um, become like a Stepford wife. If you remember that old Stepford wife movie. That was filmed in Norwalk, Connecticut. Uh, yeah, where I, know. I used to live. I know. And if you don't know the film, you can go find me, probably find it on Netflix. But in essence, the, the women were all made to be, um, they were made to be like robots. They were the perfect wives. They were, you know, in the perfect little outfit with the pearls and the house and the, everything was perfect. And anyway, so you don't want to become this flatline Stepford person um, that, where you don't have those learnings that come through the struggle. Uh, That's interesting because, you know, I have the sound-induced vertigo, which yes. is really difficult when I speak for a living, right? And I have 30 billion different kinds of earplugs and, and everything that I wear, wear, and they wanted me to do brain retraining to retrain my brain and my ear muscles to respond to sound. So they create, they take hearing aids and they convert them to sound generators, so instead of them amplifying sound, they create sound themselves and they pump in through the use of an app, different sound frequencies. Now, everybody's heard about white noise, right? Right. Where they want you to put some other background noise in that masks whatever noise is. And white noise is very much like that EKG you were talking about, right? Where the lines are up and down and it masks things. They had to start me with pink noise which is a flat line. Yeah. So that my ear just got used to any kind of sound at a frequency flatlining across. But the goal is that by creating, putting that flat line in, it helps you deal with the ups and downs more because there's always some, some form of noise. And, and just the fact that you're doing, you're continuing to do your show, you're continuing to engage and reach out to people, you're continuing to make a difference in the world, given all you're going on with your, your, your hearing vertigo issues, which is that in right itself, now. you know, that in itself, that's resiliency. Okay. That's having agility and the perseverance and grit to get through a very tough situation and you're making it work. Does it work every single day? No, there's probably days you get off your show and you're absolutely exhausted, but you make it work. Then I go into silence for typically a day or two after, after the show, just to let everything calm down. But this, this, and thank you for that, because I, 
tend to be very hard on myself. So I don't think Stop about that. that, you know? Yeah. Stop, Stop it. it. Stop it. Very famous uh, Newman show episode. Stop it. Oh yeah, that? out of the whole thing, stop apologizing, girl, and stop saying yeah. you're sorry. And... Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about your your book a little bit before before we end the show today. Quiet, hold it up again. Quiet women never changed history. Be strong, stand up, and stand out. And as I've told everybody at the beginning of the show, I I gave away all the copies of my book I had, so I asked um, Patty to hold up a copy of the book, but. One of the things that came to me, and you know, the book's been out for a couple of years, was I started thinking about women that are out there today that might be examples of people, women that get put down, right? Because they're they're standing out, they're kicking glass in some way. And I started writing a list and I thought of three names. And I'm curious what you think when I say these three names, because I think one of them at least is going to surprise you. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right. I, I just love and adore that woman. And oh. the, the last year, especially, you know, she said, I am not going to die until, you know, the current president is off, is no longer in office. Right. And, and right. she's just been really resilient and yep. dealing with she's cancer. She's had an amazing, and... amazing life. Right. And I mean, if you look at her backstory, it's amazing. This is somebody who really, you know, was strong, stood up and stand out, right? Mm -hmm. Another big name that we're probably thinking about, Michelle Obama, right? Relatively out there while her husband was in office said that she really didn't want to be in political life, wrote her book, Becoming, amazing right. book, but realized that the world needed her still and people were pushing her. So she said, I don't want to be this face out there, but she stood up, she stepped out and took a lot of abuse for it, right? Kim Kardashian. I, I looked at with in reference to your book, I've never watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I don't get the fascination with it or with any of those sh shows, Real Housewives or whatever. She decided she wanted to make a difference in a different way than people perceived her. And she's worth a lot of money because a lot of people follow what she yep. does, right? She started following penal law and stood up and, and went to the government and said, this person shouldn't be in uh, jail and, you know, got the pardon or death, or even on death row on death row. Right. And then said, I don't care what anybody says. I think I want to become a lawyer. I want to do something different. Yeah. The, these three women seem very different, but yet in a lot of ways they're, the same in the way they're responding to, I guess, their inner heart. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting that you mentioned those three. And it's funny, when we came back from Asia, it was when the Kardashian show had launched when we were in Asia, and you didn't get a lot of American current TV. You got things like Seinfeld and Friends. You know, it was 20 years old already. 
and we came back from Asia and people were talking about the Kardashians. And I finally said to somebody, who are the Kardashians and why do I care? Right. Right. <laughs> but and I, I still we, say obviously that. We all, we, we all know those three women and there's many others as well. The current prime minister of New Zealand, right? Jacinda, can't remember her last name all of a sudden, but the, she's done an amazing job in New Zealand. She's handled um, uh, yeah, a, a major earthquake that brought the capital to its knees. She handled a massive gun shooting where she immediately banned so, um, uh, assault weapons. She's handled the COVID crisis, although it's come back a little bit now, but they were completely COVID free for three or four. 102 days. Four months. Um, she just passed a law that everyone, regardless of who you are, your race, your color, your age, your, your gender, that everyone is equal, is on the equal pay initiative. Um, right. So she's done some amazing things. And they're all women that have done some things, which was interesting. When I went to write my book, after I had that crash and burn at Microsoft, and I came back stronger than ever, and I stayed another couple of years, as I spent three years interviewing over 3,250 people, including people like you and Deb Lewis and other men and women about what makes a great woman leader. And I found these five things and we won't have time to talk about all of them, but I'll, I'll just give you the highlights of the five things that are in the book. And I do have a special offer for your listeners besides the PDF, um, free PDF. I have a special offer on my book, but the five things are play to your strengths. So know what your strengths are and play to those strengths and make career and life decisions that fit your strength. Number two is to be able to stand up. In order to stand up, you need something to stand on. You need a platform. So you need that personal vision to make those career and life decisions in alignment with your strengths and in alignment with who you are, your voice, but also your vision for yourself. Number three is to stand out, which is be more valuable, be more visible and be more vocal. So once you know your strengths and you have that vision, become so valuable that you become a master in your craft. You and I read hundreds of books because we oh, want to write better books. I listen to YouTube videos and listen to other people speak and watch their, their presentations. So I want to be a better speaker. So I, you know, I want to master that craft and then be more visible and be more vocal. So that means standing up for yourself and speaking up and saying, my team and I did this, not my team did this. So that you're giving yourself more visibility and then be more vocal be more vocal. So that's kind of in that standout category. Number four is put yourself number one on your things to do list. Take care of yourself because you can't give away what you don't own. So eat, pray, love, do what you need to do to make your life more whole, even if it's right. just this much of it. And the last one is pay it forward. And so it's pay it forward to the next generation of women leaders. Women pay has gone up 1% in the last decade. And they say it'll take until the year 2,277 for women to achieve pay parity at this pace. So we have to leave the world a better place. That means lift up other women. Com collaborate, don't compete. Support, don't sabotage. And Madeline Albright, another one of my favorite oh, women leaders. She, she's a dream interview of mine, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. She said there should be a special place in hell who don't help other, for women who don't help other women succeed. Right. And I'm sure Ruth... Ruth has a similar quote, and I'm sure some of the other people do as well. But, you know, that's kind of an outline of the five things that are contained in the book. And the, in the book are exercises and activities and ways to go through and learn more about those things. But that's really kind of the key. Those three women you mentioned, I would say, are playing to their strengths. They have some kind of a vision, the, the legacy they want to be, the person they want to be known to be. When you walk out of the room, what do people say about you? Right? That's that foundation and i know they all stand up and stand out um and take care of themselves and hopefully you know 
pay it forward and support other women later, raise compassionate, amazing, strong girls and boys. Let our girls fall down and get dirty. It's okay. They won't break. <laughs> it used to drive my parents crazy because I would go out in the woods and run around and I wasn't Me too, and climbing in trees and falling out, of, falling out of trees and yeah. Yeah. But it's being, what I, what I take from that is you don't have to be a Ruth Bader Ginsburg or a Michelle Obama or a Kim Kardashian. But if you look back from before they became that name, they did all three of them have a personal vision at some point, but they reevaluated it as well along, mm -hmm. along the way. I mean, I don't think, I'm not sure Ruth Bader Ginsburg ever reevaluated. This woman just knew what she was meant to be on the planet. You know, she wanted to be a Supreme Court justice and do, you know, be authentic and real and, and have integrity in that throughout the way. But Michelle Obama didn't plan on becoming the first lady. Um, Kim Kardashian, I don't know if she ever had planned on keeping up with Kardashians being the level it's it and her being under the exposure, but she embraced it. And then she went, I want more. Yeah. From my I want to go to law school. Yeah. Um, Mahala who got mm -hmm. shot in the head because she was a kid, a, a female going to school who was speaking out about the rights of women there. You, with your book and the way you're reinventing yourself now with everything that's going on, what would be the last piece of advice you would leave? Actually, before I have you give last piece of advice, there are people I got a text and I want to make sure we get this in, although since I'm not on broadcast, I can go as long as I want. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where can they reach out to you? Where can they email you? Uh, obviously anybody can post out on Facebook on, or on YouTube or whatever, and we'll be monitoring those areas if you want more information, but how do they get to you? How do they get your book? Cause I know you've got a great offer on that as well yep. right now. Yep. Yep. So the easiest thing for people to do is email me, right? My email and I'll spell it. I'll say it and then I'll spell it. Cause my name's spelled a little differently. Uh, it's pattygrimmatlive.com. And it's P-A-T-T-I-E-G-R-I-M-M at L-I-V-E dot com. They can email me to get the free PDF version. Uh, and also, I do have a special offer on the book that if people want to, um, they can email me to get the offer on the book, and I'll send them this link. Or they can go to www.womenkickingglass.com forward slash book. And in there, my book's usually $18.95 on Amazon. You can get a copy of the book. One more time, just you can see the beautiful red heel. You can get a copy of my book for $10. In the US, that includes free shipping and handling. If you're in Canada, there's a, a slightly higher fee for the shipping and handling. But for $10, you get the book, uh, free shipping and handling in the US. And then you also get $200 in free bonuses, which includes a training video, a couple of PDF guides, um, some things to help you manage and navigate your career and your life. And so those are also part of that $10 package. Uh, and that's women kicking www.womenkickingglass.com forward slash book, B-O-O-K. And they can, they can get direct, that'll take them directly to the book offer 
uh, where they can just sign in with their email information and their credit card and get it that way. Okay, That's what about somebody, because I have a, a number of listeners in Australia and France and Yep, Germany they can still order the book. It's just they pay for shipping and handling. Okay. Yeah, that's the only difference because it's just too crazy to figure out the ship. So they just pay a little bit more for the shipping and handling. Okay. It's still $10 plus shipping to Australia or England or someplace, whatever the cost would be to ship it there. Okay, great. And it's Patty Grimm at live.com. Yeah, P-A-T-T-I-E-G-R-I-M-M -M, uh, okay. at L-I-B-E. So last thought that you want to leave all of my listeners with about, you know, anything we've talked about or something that we didn't, but you think is important to be said. I really think I want your listeners to understand that they have the ability to be the best, their best selves and live their best professional and personal life. And that I want them to be brave. I want them to be bold and I want them to be brilliant at whatever you choose to do in your life, be the best and enjoy the ride. And don't worry about perfection so much because being- Don't worry best, about perfectionism, yeah. give it up. It's horrible. <laughs> just picture me flat on my back on a stage somewhere and having the best event of my life right <laughs> yeah because people saw it and they saw it was genuine and that you're human and people love you for that yeah yeah and you have so many of those stories to tell for yourself patty i want to thank you so much for being on the show today for sharing your stories for sharing your heart and your wisdom with us because you have so much to give. And I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with me and my listeners today on live or podcast. Well, thank you so much, Laura. It's been a thrill as always. All right, everybody. Hopefully some nugget came up for you during the show today that has you thinking differently, that shifted your perspective. If you'd love to share that with us, we'd love for you to post it out on social media or you can email me, Laura at laurasteward.com. Let us know what shifted for you as a result of listening to Patty and I talking today about the amazing work that Patty does to help other people, you know, make shifts in their lives and make a difference in their lives. At the end of the day, who we are as individuals are who we feel inside and who we present to the world. And I find that the best way to unearth who you really are and who you're meant to be in the world is to ask the right questions because the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking yourself today? Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.